this is going to be, I, I will say, um, not a real comfortable, bright day because we're talking about people that take their own lives and being a survivor of suicide. Um, so it's it's going to be an intense day, uh, uh, very, very difficult sometimes to talk about. But one of the things that's going to be emphasized today is about normalizing the conversation. Um, Leela Armstrong is also here. You've heard her uh, with Mercy Multiplied. She's been on. She's a freedom advocate for them. Uh, Mercy Multiplied exists to provide opportunities for all to experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. They offer multiple programs and resources, including mental health resources, online and on-site, designed to equip people to live free and stay free in Christ. And Leela is serving uh, as part of the New Mexico Department of Health Suicide Prevention Coalition. She's working in the faith community's work uh, work group, as is Desiree. Are you doing that as well, Desiree? Yes. Well, I, I'm so blessed to have you both here. And we have a special event coming up this Saturday. It is an event that is meant to encourage people. Uh, the community's coming out uh, really to just be together. And Desiree, I'm going to start right now. Tell us about the International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. Sure. Uh, we're really glad to be here today, too. Um, it's on Saturday, November 18th. Um, it's always the Saturday before Thanksgiving because that's a really hard time for people who are grieving. It goes from 10 to 3 and uh, lunch will be served. Um, it takes place at Hope Church, 4710 Wantabo Northeast. Um, and it is a day of healing. Um, we want to encourage survivors to come because they will, we have an art project that's a memorial project. We have, um, we'll be serving lunch. We'll be having people sit at tables with facilitators. We'll be watching a film that comes from American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. It's a day for people to be in community, to talk about their loss with others, and to begin the process of healing. Um, and we're really grateful. We've held it at Hope Church for the last many years. And um, the whole day started because Senator Harry Reid lost his father to suicide in the 1999 named that Saturday before Thanksgiving um, Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. So it has been continuing until now. It's an international day. So we take this day to honor and remember our loved ones with people all over the world. So it's a very healing day, and I would encourage anyone who has lost someone to suicide to come. Yeah, and you know, I I know that there's people right now, I kind of, we were talking about this beforehand. Uh, I can't imagine listening to ABQ Connect, an adult, maybe a, a, a really young person, a teenager, and thinking about harming yourself. But I want you to know that there are people that care about you, that are here to help you, that have been there and felt exactly the way you feel, and there there are people that want to help you. And then Desiree, as we as I talked about in the open. You lost your son, and we're going to ask you about some details about you and your husband and, and your life with him. But I can't imagine losing someone that you love dearly to suicide. And that's what this group is about, is to give you the opportunity to talk with people, hear about other people's experiences. And I think you would both say that that's been helpful to you. 
personally. It has been. Um, I want to introduce you to Leela. Uh, Leela Armstrong, as I mentioned already, she's a freedom advocate for mercy. She's working as part of the uh, Department of Health's coalition. Leela, why did you want to get involved in this survive, survivors of suicide uh, care ministry? I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing that you're doing. Well, uh, Jim, I think, uh, first of all, um, I don't think that, uh, I think, you know, the calling was from God in my circumstances. And so it, was, it feels almost like I was thrust into this, like a spotlight was put on something that I was experiencing. The, uh, the truth of the matter is, you know, about, you were talking about earlier, we said something about the 60s, and then <laughs> you said something about teenagers that may be thinking about taking their own life. Well, that was me. Was it? That was me, and it was, and it was for a long time. And I can tell you that back in, in 1968, um, I had a cousin that had taken his own life. I had a, an aunt that had taken his own, her own life. My mom's best friend took her own life. And the result of those suicides um, were that we didn't talk about them. That was something we didn't talk about. So Kenny Marshall's name never came up. Mary's name never came up. My Aunt Leela Dale, her name never came up. We just didn't talk about it. If it did, we didn't talk about that. That was the answer that we got. Because it was too painful? No, I don't think it was too painful. I think it was too shameful. Well, and, and, and Desiree, I don't want to interrupt Leela, I want to hear the rest mm -hmm. of that story, but she has been involved with breaking the silence in New Mexico for a really long time and, and trying to get people to normalize these kinds of conversations yes. before anybody takes their life. Yes. It's important that we learn how to talk to our children um, about suicide, uh, that it is a topic that isn't taboo, that we're not afraid to say the word. Uh, saying the word suicide doesn't make someone want to take their own life. But I can tell you that, you know, basically we were told we don't talk about things like that. We don't air the dirty laundry of the family. That, and that's what it was thought of as dirty, which gives you a shameful connotation when you're a child, you know. And, and, and you were feeling this I'm way. feeling this. And, and, and I'm feeling and having thoughts of taking my own life and feeling very isolated within my own family because I couldn't even tell anyone. And... You know, I harbored that for a long time. I kept that secret. I didn't tell anyone. It was very recently getting involved in this kind of work that I finally did tell someone, and that was probably about five years ago. And it was amazing the difference that it made, Jim, in that when, when you keep that in a secret and you keep it, you're keeping it in the dark, you're keeping it in the enemy's territory, you know, we've got to bring this into the light where Jesus can can be a part of it and a part of our healing. And it was so evident to me that that light had been shown on it. It lost its shame, um, you know, that because that was what I felt was mm -hmm. shame. But that was how I was raised, mm -hmm. that we didn't have this conversation. We didn't talk about it. It was shameful. Mental illness was shameful. And we and. It's just the way it was, Desiree. You know, we grew yeah. up in the same at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Well, and well, we're and, gonna and we're gonna go right to your son, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, you. Go ahead. I was gonna comment on what, something Leela said. It's so true because if you are brave enough to start talking about it, you will find that other people 
have been afraid to talk about it too and find that they're not alone. Thank you so much for bringing this up because it's happened in my life too. And, um, you know, there's a community around being able to um, support one another in that way. And yeah, so... Well, Desiree, before we do that, I want to go back to the event that's happening this Saturday. Mm -hmm. It is November 18th, Hope Church at 4710 Wantabo Northeast. It is an absolutely free event. 10 a.m. to 3, lunch will be served, no charge. No charge. People might be thinking, is this going to be a safe place uh, for me to go? And what are, who are the people that I can expect to be there? Can they talk about what they really think there? Absolutely. Um, the, the facilitators are all survivors of suicide loss survivors. It is not a, a support group per se. It's a really special time of just gathering, remembering those that we have lost. Um, we So yes, we want people to be able to share. And people come from all over the state um, because maybe they can't access the computer to do virtual SOS groups, survivors of suicide, or they're just not able to come in person. So this is at least one day where they can sit in community and be and know that their story is precious to all of us and it can be heard and it can be shared and we can practice healing activities together. Um, the people who have attended in the past, it's all been a very healing time for them. Mm. So it's, yeah, I encourage people to come. So Leela, you just described a situation where talking about people in your family that had taken their lives was kind of taboo. Mm -hmm. How old were you? 12 and 13. 12 and 13. So uh, Desiree, your young son was growing up, and I remember from previous interviews that he had challenges that he was going through, and you didn't know how to explain those. You did all the praying and all the spiritual things that you could. Would you describe that and what you and your husband were thinking as you grew up with him? Sure. Um, until he was always a really super sensitive kid, and I loved that about him. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to make someone a beautiful husband. But as he got out of middle school, he started um, just acting a bit differently and I thought, well, it's probably typical adolescence. Um, he'll grow out of it. But it just continued to get worse until um, – and we all were like um, – we didn't know that we could take him to a doctor and have his mental health checked out. Mm -hmm. But we prayed for him. We went to Christian counseling. We did all kinds of what we thought were the right things. But we didn't know that um, – that we should have taken him for a clinical help because that just didn't seem like that would ever be a part of our lives. You know, that that my thought was, you know, God's enough here and God is enough. But when somebody is struggling with a physical illness, um, you know, they may need treatment, uh, just like someone who has cancer may need treatment and not to be ashamed of it. But it certainly felt like it was a weakness in our family if we had to go to see a counselor. And that's such a sad and wrongheaded way to think. Um, so that intensified with Ryan, and, and our, of course our conversations were like, what is going on with him? But we never considered that it could be a mental illness because that was something I didn't know anything about. And, um, and it wasn't until he was diagnosed um, nine months before he took his life, and even then when his diagnosis was, was schizophrenia, 
I didn't believe it. I really thought, well, maybe there's a name for it, and maybe I should be really afraid of this because that sounds serious. But by then, uh, you mentioned something about getting to kids before the shame and stigma. Um, For him, he was already done by the time he had a diagnosis. He never accepted it. He did take his medication for a while, but at some point he said, I knew that I was going to be taking my life. But did we ever have a conversation about something like that? No. It wasn't normalized in our family. It wasn't even after the diagnosis. And he took his life when he was 24 years old. He was 24 years old. And Desiree, I want to say thank you to you because this is tragic. It is uh, just really hurtful. But I don't know you well, but ever since I've met you, your heart has always been to help other people and to encourage them. So again, we're really pointing this whole conversation. If you're sitting on the couch right now and you've been really sad, there's help. There's, we want to encourage you just to pause. Don't take action. At least have the conversation. Find out how important you are, not only to the people that you love, but maybe to the people that you work with and the people that recognize uh, the gifts that you have. So yeah, definitely pause. And then if you've been isolated because you've lost someone to suicide, time to not be isolated anymore. We're not made to be by ourselves. And so really neat uh, experience coming up for you. Absolutely free. International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. It's going to be at Hope uh, Church, 4710 Wantabo Northeast, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Lunch will be served. Again, totally free, an opportunity wherever you're coming from in this issue. Maybe you have a friend that you've heard some things about and you're worried about them. You need to come and maybe find out where you can get some training on how you can help people and uh, do some reporting and those kind of things. Leela? Jim, you know, um, one thing that we would encourage people to do is to go online and register for that. Um, the, and the reason that I say that is so that they are sure that they have enough food. Okay. And so so go to NM for New Mexico, SPC, Suicide Prevention Coalition.org? No. No, okay. The it's, wrong thing. it's the uh, it's afsp.org. Okay. This event is actually a collaboration between American Foundation for Suicide Prevention okay. and Survivors of Suicide. Give us that website one more time. It is afsp.org. And once you get on that website, you can look for International Day and okay. put your zip code in and find the uh, the meeting that's being held in Albuquerque. And again, absolutely free, not going to be inundated with all kinds of emails, but that'll no. make sure that they have enough food. It, it is hard to plan for these kind of things because you want everybody to be included. And and you know, in New Mexico, we're going to have a bunch of people that show up. The Manana State is where we live, you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm with Desiree Woodland and Leela Armstrong, and we're talking about International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. It's uh, Saturday, November 18th at Hope Church. 10 a.m. to 3 o'clock p.m., 4710 Wantabo Northeast. Go to afsp.org, and you can register. It's absolutely free. We'll be back with some personal stories and a lot more information for you. If you're thinking about harming yourself, if you're a survivor of suicide, I hope you'll listen because you'll be encouraged if you do. We'll be right back after these messages. If you connect with Desiree Woodland and Leela Armstrong, and we're talking about the uh, – 
International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. It's going to be Saturday, November 18th. Uh, it's a chance for people to come together from all walks of life. Uh, I'm hoping that there's people that will be encouraged today. I'd encourage you to stay with us until 2 o'clock. Uh, if you're thinking about harming yourself, there's people that understand, that have been there, that have been through it, that can share with you. Uh, Leela had those thoughts. She's the kind of person that's going to just tell you, frankly, uh, what she thinks and encourage you. And, and Leela, you've been very successful in business. You're spending so much time in ministry now and serving other people. Um, are you still burdened with those thoughts at all? You know, um, Jim, there was a time there. There was a time right after I had first confessed this that I thought that you know God had just taken this away from me. But but I can tell you uh, for a fact that something that has plagued you for for me it was forty plus years, and it's it doesn't necessarily going to go away overnight. You know, I, I'm sure that that God does do that for some people. But then we know when trauma hits, it's in, it, 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 it reflects the reaction um, of thinking I, the world would be a better place without me. Mm. And um, kind of a reflex thought that you have to take captive to Christ. And, and, and by the a, way, that message from wherever it's coming is yeah. a message from the enemy. Exactly. You are extremely valuable. And if you're listening on the radio right now, you are valuable people love you god loves you and i'm hoping you'll take a pause if you're thinking about harming yourself i, I did want to let people know about uh desiree wrote a book after her uh 24 year old son um ryan took his own life um the the book is called i still believe and is that still available it to people still. desiree and how do they, how do people get a hold of it's that? on amazon on amazon yep Everything's on Amazon. Everything is on Amazon. (laughs) We've kind of go through these things where everything's at Walmart. Everything's at Amazon. You know, it's like some other retailer has everything. (laughs) But in fact, uh, we had a a, a pretty nice bookstore here on the campus of Calvary Church, and we ended up, you know, not having the bookstore. We have a few Bibles and some things, but because it's so inexpensive to get things on Amazon, it's just That's what did it. that much more efficient. So that 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 book is called I Still Believe Desiree's sharing uh, her story of her life with Ryan and, and her family and how that affected him and some steps that they took after he took his own life. And you're going to hear a lot about that today and all the different ministries. Um, she also developed a curriculum called Talking Mental Health. And is that available for, for schools and people? It's, to- it's only available through presentations by okay. uh, the people that work at Breaking the Silence. Okay. But if anybody wanted that presentation for their upper elementary, middle, or high school, they could just go to the website, which is? BreakingTheSilenceNM.org? That's it. BreakingTheSilenceNM.org. There, there, we can't possibly cover everything in an hour. So I'm trying to give people references and getting them to slow down in their thinking uh, so that they can be encouraged. Just take a little bit of time now, be encouraged, even if it's really, really tough. Well, what's so amazing, I think, about that curriculum is that it does normalize the conversation around mental illness and suicide awareness and before it becomes to a crisis point. And I think, you know, that makes it really challenging. Um, But if so, I'm just going to relate it to my own story, is that if I had known that 
And I've had to forgive myself a thousand times for not knowing what I didn't know. But God doesn't hold me responsible for that. And um, But to be able to have a young person who can say, Mom, I need to I think I might need some help. I heard a presentation in school today, and I th- would like you to take me to see somebody. What a wonderful gift that would be. But then you have to also remember they might have a parent like me who was like, I'm just going to pray for you, right? And and I think that, you know, it is it takes both. To be a whole person who's learned to manage a mental illness, it takes your faith, it takes the community, it takes maybe treatment, medication. Um, and I would have done that if I could go back in time and have that time with Ryan to be able to do so. As a retired teacher, it seems so very valuable and important that kids were given the opportunity. Because back then, 17 years ago, there wasn't anything like that in schools. And I'm so pleased and proud to say that God has just allowed it to be something that has just continued to grow. And I'm very grateful for that. Desiree, if if a child 17 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago fell on the playground and tore up the skin on their knee, they wouldn't hesitate one second to tell somebody they needed medical attention. So true. And do you hope that mental illness becomes as easy to talk about? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I think that's why we could put so much energy into this work, because we have hope that that stigma and stereotype could be broken. How about, let's talk about survivors now, uh, survivors of suicide. Leela, if you don't talk about it, is your mental and spiritual health threatened if you're a survivor and you kind of isolate and don't talk about it? Well, Jim, I would say that's true with any trauma, Mm. okay? And suicide may be one of the hardest traumas that there is. I mean, especially if it's someone really, really close to you and you didn't see it coming. Mm. Um, it can be a very traumatic experience. And so, um, you know, the, the, the level of, of trauma, you know, how, how far removed is this suicide from me? Um, it, it can, can, you know, it's just everything's on a continuum with mental illness yes, as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that these things too, are on a continuum. So if it depends on what, you know, my spiritual health to begin with, okay? Someone that doesn't have a very strong spiritual uh, rooting uh, may not uh, handle it as well mentally. That, on, But on the other hand, the phone call that comes into the church from the person that has just experienced the loss of a loved one by suicide the church needs to know how to handle this as well and that's what i think our heart is for bringing this message into the church um that they are the front line we you know we're better trained in our spiritual health to help those that are experiencing suicidal thoughts and things like that medical doctors aren't trained in mental illness. I mean, if you have an MD behind your name, 
you're trained as a doctor, but not necessarily in mental illness. But could I say also that a lot of pastors who have a heart to encourage people, they're also not trained in mental illness. Yes, and that I is agree. exactly why this uh, Faith Communities Guide has been uh, compiled. It was uh, compiled by a group of chaplains. Um, we received a grant from Anchorum to be able to print copies, to be able to put the website together, but it's a faith-based program. And tell me about the packet, because it is available to distribute to church yes. leaders and people right now. Yes, and we actually have a team. We have a work group, and it is through the uh, with the uh, approval of the Department of Health, but the New Mexico Suicide Prevention Coalition is its own entity. And through that, we have a, a hard copy guide, and it's also available on the website in PDF. But what it has is some resources. It has um, the introductory, introductory letter, talks about historically how mental illness and suicide has been looked at. Um, through the church, doesn't matter, interfaith, all the different denominations and all the different faiths all have perhaps their own level of stigma and stereotypes. So, but what we have found, which is kind of cool, is um, so many churches are very accepting and very, I mean, they they think about mental health in the way that we've been talking about it today. So I think think we can be so encouraged um, because it's going to take every segment of society if we hope to be able to save lives, if we hope to be able to normalize the conversation. Um, but for so long, I don't think there's been a, a way for us to do that in the faith community. Uh, but now we have this vehicle to be able to do that. So the guide actually has the latest statistics. It has support for being able for pastors, uh, clergy to do funerals for someone who's taken their life. It has a list of bibliography, and my book is in there. Mm -hmm. um, but many good books that are written that can help um, before suicide, after suicide, suicide attempt survivors. It kind of covers the whole spectrum of what a pastor or church might need to be able to help someone. At what age do you want a teacher to be able to start talking to children? What what age of student can comprehend this? So we are not allowed by schools right now to talk about suicide in elementary school. Okay. Um, that is, you know, whatever that that is that is a protection but we are allowed in for upper elementary to talk about mental health okay. and I, that's the start and then we can talk about add suicide later um, breaking the silence actually has a suicide booster lesson so it's specifically um, just about suicide so uh, but the conversations have been very um, honest and authentic with students at higher grades but for like even on the International Day, we really recommend that the the children that come be 13 and older so that they are not traumatized themselves. Um, families will decide when they want to talk with their children about suicide if there's been a suicide loss, such as the, the father. Um, but that's pretty much a personal decision. But the practice is that it's really important that eventually you do talk about it so that you don't have a situation what Le that Leela had to live with, that it was just not talked about and it was shameful. So, because kids usually find out the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, what is the most important thing that we can do as friends for those who have recently suffered a loss like how would we encourage a parent that has lost a child or how would we encourage a husband that's lost a wife or vice versa? 
You know, um, that's one of the things that we did put into the guide, Jim, in the back section is for the congregants. Things that you can give to the people in your congregation. And one of, one of the things that we have is things that do help um, in the middle of the guide. We have things that help and things that don't help after a suicide loss. And these things that, you know, they can, when, you're, when you download the PDF from the website, you can actually take this page and you can print it and you can have this, you know, as a reminder. I think everybody should read it. I think it's very helpful of things that are okay to say and things that are not okay to say. And, you know, language matters. We've had this conversation so many times, haven't we, Desiree, yeah. over the last few years um, about, you know, the way that we say things and the words that we use. And Leela, um, read a few things that we should say that help. Saying you're sorry for their loss. You know, I think that that, 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 I'm glad that that's number one, because I think the thing that comes to my mind is I, I didn't know what to say, so I didn't say anything. Mm. And that hurt, you know, um, it's okay to say their name. Please. Please say their name. They want, you know, their loved one wants them to be remembered. So if you knew Desiree at the time. I would say I'm so sorry it, for, for Ryan. Your, yeah. That, and to hear about yeah. him and doing that. And it's okay to say Ryan's name to yeah. Desiree today. It was then. Yep. It is forevermore. It's forevermore. Now, forevermore. if you were having coffee with Desiree, maybe after the show, and she got emotional about Ryan, mm-hmm. is that a good thing? Sure, it's okay. Well, you know, I, tears I, are I welcome here. I think there's people that think, Oh, I got to be tough. It's been so many years, and I can't. No, oh. that's not right. You no. should be over you that by now. You get emotional anytime <laughs> you want, right? Yeah. And there will always be triggers throughout our entire life. You know, yeah. something that a song or a memory or a smell, and you know, giving yourself permission to grieve as you need to doesn't mean you don't have faith. Doesn't mean that you don't believe that your child is in heaven worshiping the Lord. You miss that they're not here on the earth with you now. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Saying their name is such an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break and come back and talk about more things you can say to help people when they've experienced a a loss to suicide. We're also going to talk about things that don't help. (laughs) So stay with us on ABQ Connect. We'll be back after these messages. Back on ABQ Connect, Jim Williams with you this afternoon. Of course, Steve Ryman will join you uh, later on in the week, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, appreciate you so much being here. We are in studio with special guests Desiree Woodland and Leela Armstrong. Um, Desiree lost her son Ryan to suicide when he was 24 years old, has already described for us uh, things that she went through as a parent with her husband and wanting to encourage her son and being prayerful and all of those different things. And since his passing, she has written a book. She's done a lot of ministry things related to letting the church know about mental illness and uh, even developing a curriculum for uh, students, young students, middle school, high school students uh, to take part in. Normalizing the conversation is is the thing that I like most about what you say, Desiree. And of course, Leela Armstrong, our listeners are familiar with her. She's on pretty frequently as part of Mercy Multiplied. She is 
uh, currently serving on the uh, New Mexico Department of Health Suicide Prevention Coalition. And I, we just started to talk about the Su- Suicide Prevention Resource Guide for Faith Communities. And Desiree, I want to make sure that church leaders and uh, people involved with uh, women's groups, men's groups, know how to get a hold of this guide. Okay. Well, they can uh, access it by um, reaching out to us. Our phone number is on our website. We would be happy to come and bring hard copies to anyone's church, but they can also access it um, online, and it's in a PDF form. And that's on breakingthesilencenm.org? That, no. is, that is on the nmspc.org. Okay, so let's go yeah, back. Yeah. So there's a few AFSP. No, there, we have okay. so many we websites got a bunch of today. Websites, we sure do. So I want to make sure we're clear. <laughs> the, the guide is actually through New Mexico Suicide Prevention Coalition, okay. nmspc.org. Okay. That's where they can... Um, Email us. Let us know. It's the Faith Communities Work Group. There are 10 different work groups with the coalition, but we're the Faith Communities. And if you uh, pull that link down or that menu, whatever you call it, um, you can see how to print it off on PDF form, but you can also reach out to us and ask us to come present to your church. And we would be so grateful for that opportunity. Well, and and you've been there. You've been through this. You, you're you're a survivor. You, you've... Uh, Leela is a person that experienced uh, for part of her life uh, a desire to maybe take her own life. She's gotten through that. She's committed to community, as I think you both are. Yes. And, th- and that mm-hmm. is really critical, isn't it? And, and yeah. I want to mention, uh, I'm actually excited about this because as part of the Suicide Prevention Coalition, you mentioned you have a faith community uh, a work group, but there are other uh, work groups that are not faith related. Correct. Uh, for example, there's a LGBTQ yes. work group, and you're able to offer some encouragement to them as well. Absolutely. That is just a high demographic for suicide. And you know, when you think about people going to get help from their church, you don't know who's going to be walking through your doors. You don't know how you could be prepared to help someone who's coming in with suicidal thoughts. Um, So there's a list of books. There's a list of resources, um, just awesome ones to help educate us about, you know, this demographic of people. Now, the Suicide Prevention Resource Guide for Faith Communities is specifically to faith communities. Yes. Um, and, and it's a resource that is available at nmspc.org. If somebody leaves a message there through that website, uh, you'll get in touch with them. And you offer some, you, you come out and make a presentation yes. uh, to the leadership in their church or maybe even their congregation. Yes, absolutely. Uh, to to a women's group, to a men's group, those kinds of things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, I I wish we had two hours because uh, it would be great to be able to you know really solidify these things in people's minds. But I think people are scrambling for pens and writing things down, and uh, I think I think it's important that we. Hope you don't mind the redundancy, but I like to I like to say these things as many times as we possibly can. Um, Desiree, I want to ask you, and maybe this is a oversimplified question, but what is a positive out- outcome for somebody that has mental illness? And what I mean by that is, can somebody with mental illness be happy, faithful, productive, or is it or, yes. or 
Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I hope so. And I think Leela alluded to it a million. <laughs> I'm pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> she alluded to it a while ago that the mental health, mental illness is on a continuum. And we kind of, as human beings, we kind of go up and down on that anyway, right? By the way, I, maybe I should have asked it this way. Do we all have a certain degree of mental illness? Could well, be? we could. I think we go in and out, okay. right? We've okay. all been depressed well, at certain times. Exactly. But it's different than mm-hmm. clinical depression mm-hmm. that goes on without any relief. I mean, one of our books in the bibliography is uh, based on a Psalm 18 when David uh, writes, Darkness is my only companion. It's written by a, a pastor, and she suffers with mental illness, but she's learned to manage it. She takes medication, you know, and, you know, I think that's part of what we do as humans. We learn how to manage the illness. Um, I know that there are a lot of untreated mental illness. That would maybe the stereotype that we see on the street of someone mm-hmm. talking to themselves, but that's not all mental illness is. I mean, it's it's your doctor. It could be someone from the store. It could be, right, that they have managed it. They are living a full but life. But Desiree, there's also mental illness that is caused by, say, substance abuse. Maybe you've actually created brain damage yes. and other mm-hmm. things through mm-hmm. drugs or, or other kinds of things. And um, you still believe and I think we all believe that those people are still really valuable. Absolutely. And you can maybe not be totally healed because you've damaged yourself. Uh, it's it's kind of like I know some people that have taken some pretty risky, uh, do some pretty risky things like, you know, hang gliding and uh, doing this extreme skiing. And they get to be 65 years old and they have a few bumps and bruises to where they can't do that anymore. Uh, but they had great joy doing it, and now they are just limited by the way they live their life. So I, I think all of us uh, can be healed and and live a productive life. Well, and I think that's an interesting point to think about healing. You know, I do believe, and you also alluded to it, Leela, some people are healed of cancer. Some people are healed of many things. But most people have to learn to think about what their limitations are Mm -hmm. and live their life differently Mm -hmm. because they now have a diagnosable mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking of a a story of a friend of mine whose son was diagnosed with schizophrenia, too. His life is not what he could have done. He has three degrees. He, but... He is living a fulfilled life his, in his neighborhood. He takes meals to the older people. He has a part-time job. And to say that that life is not fulfilling is not walking in the love of Jesus, is it? No. So no. Yeah. it's on a continuum. And it's on a continuum. And, and this is what I would say um, to anyone out there that you know isn't, isn't sure. Because when you all were talking, I was thinking, you know, one in four people in New Mexico suffers from mental illness. So, you know, there's only three of us in this room, so we may right. be okay. Sure. But, you know, the, but the, the point here is, is I've that, ruined the curve. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is that I think that each one of us needs to give, find someone in our life that we can give permission to. And I think it is important to give them permission to actually say, Desiree, I give you permission to ask me about my mental well-being, mm, to yes. do a mental health check with How me. How are you really? How are you really feeling? How's your heart today? You know, knowing, you know, and and give someone that permission, someone that you know and that you trust that loves you, give them permission to check in on you. Because oftentimes mental illness 
is affected by the fact that we cannot see it in ourselves. Yeah. And there's a very fancy word for that, but I won't use it. Okay. <laughs> the fact is, is that we're often, we, 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 we might want to say denial, but also, I'm going to be honest with you, they really don't see it. And it's a, it's a, a part of a mental illness that causes that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to have someone check in on me and say, are you okay? Do you think you need to see a counselor? You know, and just to, to do that kind of a check. And, you know, the question will come back from me and say, well, what do you think? Do you yeah. think I need to see a counselor? You know, so that, you know, I want to hear what you think, because what I'm thinking, obviously, isn't straight if you're th- asking me. Right. Well, I, I'm reading some things for congregants uh, in, in your Suicide Prevention Resource Guide for Faith Communities and saying things that don't help. There's a list of things. <laughs> and this is after someone you know has experienced a suicide loss. It's not helpful to say you understand. Now, you may care a lot, but saying you understand when you don't is not really helpful. And the reason I wanted to bring that one up it's not only the first one on the list, but this Saturday, um, the people that you're going to talk to understand because they have been through it. Uh, they're there because they want to encourage you. Uh, and I want to reiterate for everybody that the International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day is this Saturday, November 18th, 10 to 3 o'clock, uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Lunch will be served. Free event, Hope Church, 4710 Wantabo Northeast. And you want to go uh, to, uh, where's my website stuff? <laughs> Did I already lose my AFSP? website? AFSP. Oh, tell, it, tell me again. It's AFSP.org. AFSP.org, and you can register. It's free. Uh, they just want to get kind of a count for how much, how many lunches uh, that they need. And so that's a, that's a really special event. We're going to be back with Desiree and Leela for one one more segment. We hope you'll stay with us on ABQ Connect. We are back on ABQ Connect. Jim Williams with you this afternoon. Steve Ryman will be in uh, hosting ABQ Connect Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we hope you'll tune in. And I'm so grateful you're turning in, tuning in now because I have Desiree Woodland and Leela Armstrong, and we're talking uh, about survivors of suicide and a special event coming up, the International Survivors of Suicide Lost Day is Saturday, November 18th, this upcoming Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It'll be at Hope Church at 4710 Wantabo Northeast. Uh, it's just going to be an opportunity for survivors uh, to come together and talk about the people they've lost and uh, maybe opportunities for even teaching other people how to recognize symptoms and other things that you might notice. And I, and I wanted to start this segment Ladies, with kind of a story, I, I retired as a, as a banker. I was primarily a, a construction lender uh, for many, many years. And uh, I had a gentleman that uh, was a friend of mine, and he was a very successful businessman. Uh, but I think that he never lived up to mm-hmm. what he thought he should be. And I don't think that was just involved in it. I don't think that was just his business perception. I think that might have been how he felt about himself as an athlete in high school. And, and he just never felt like he measured up. And uh, a few years ago, he ended up taking his life. So I want to start this segment with, if you know an adult that might 
you might have some inkling that they want to harm themselves or do something, what do you do? Would you like to take that and then I'll finish up? <laughs> well, first of all, um, don't, don't be afraid to ask the question directly. I think that this is really important in every training that I've been in. So Leela, are you saying this, you would go to that person and say, look, hey, I love you. I, are you thinking of harming yourself? Is you can actually you, you can actually say it better than that. Okay. Because that's you want to say are you thinking of taking your own life? Wow. And mm-hmm. and the reason that I say I think that it is because you it's okay if it shocks them that you've asked them this. But if you said to me, are you thinking of hurting yourself? I could honestly answer and tell you no. Okay. Because the way I'm feeling right now, I'm not thinking about hurting myself. I'm thinking about alleviating mm-hmm. everybody else's pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I w- that the world would just be a better off you, without You me. think you're causing people pain. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Actually, Dr. Joyner, who is a leading suicidologist, said that's the number one. His theory of why people take their lives is that they feel like that they're a burden. They have a sense of perceived burdensomeness that people would be better without them. Mm. Yeah. They don't want to be a burden to people. Mm-hmm. We in, in the Christian community are constantly talking about messages that come from the Holy Spirit versus mm-hmm. those that come from, say, our flesh, mm-hmm. certain temptations that we might feel, and worse, those that might come from the enemy, spiritual attacks that we're receiving. And those attacks are always a lie. Yeah. And people that are not in a spiritual community, and, and this affects people in the spiritual community too. Mm-hmm. I'm not, yes. I mean, in fact, uh, I'm worried that, that somehow we might create it, uh, a situation where people are not comfortable about talking about messages they're receiving. But if you hear somebody talking about what they think and it's negative about themselves, is that a good indicator that they may be considering suicide? Well, yes and yes and no, I think. Um, because when someone is opening up to you out of these very painful things, you want to validate what they're feeling because what mm-hmm. they're feeling is absolutely what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And if someone has a, you know, even if it's a temporary imbalance in their brain, they still need to be validated. And then ask the question, as Leela said so well, and then say, can I make this phone call with you to New Mexico Crisis Access Line because I think we really need some outside help to be able to help. And I think if that person trusts you, that they will let you do that with them. And that's what we recommend is that you do make that phone call with them. And would you let me to give you that number right yeah, now? Yeah. Um, it is 1-855-662-7464. And there's also a new suicide crisis line, which is just just 988. And that both that number and the number that I just shared will be trunked into New Mexico Crisis Access Line. And there they are staffed with social workers to help 24 hours a day and can direct you and that person because you don't want to leave them alone if they really are considering suicide. You want to go with them. Um, and I, I think when I, when I think about that, it feels so overwhelming sometimes. Mm-hmm. But isn't that what the Lord asked us to do? Yes. That I am my brother's keeper. 
and I will spend the time because you are worth it and you are loved. So Desiree, with with the event coming up, uh, the International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day, uh, and the Suicide Prevention Resource Guide for Faith Communities we've talked about today, there's really training in this. Maybe it's preliminary, but there's also additional training that your organization offers to help people. Well, you know what? Yes, you're talking about breaking the silence. Yes. They will do community forums. And so that is to educate the school community. But there's also, as you mentioned, a long list of trainings, and many of them are free. Um, just to give you an example of some QPR, question, persuade, refer. And we just will be adding this to the new website. But uh, one of our pastors who vetted this booklet for us um, brought up a new one called Sanctuary, and it is a training of eight weeks to teach anybody. It's a film series, much like what Leela does with Mercy Multiplied. And so I'm looking to present that in a church at some point because everyone should be educated about mental health and suicide because it's just so prevalent. Okay, I'm not asking our listeners to go do a whole bunch of homework but I think you're going to get involved in this because you're going to find it interesting. And you're not only going to find it interesting, but you're going to find it applicable maybe to yourself and maybe to people that you know. So here's three websites. The Survivors of Suicide website is sosabq.org. The New Mexico Suicide Prevention Coalition website is nm, for New Mexico, spc.org. And the International Survivors of Suicide uh, Day website is AF, as in Frank, S as in Sam, P as in Patrick.org, AFSP.org. If you can come out this Saturday, please do register at AFSP.org. Uh, the event is going to be held at um, the, uh, let's get the hope. Hope Church up on Wantabo. It's 4710 Wantabo Northeast, Albuquerque, and uh, 10 to 3, lunch will be served all free. So we're so grateful that you joined us today on ABQ Connect. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with Steve Ryman, and we're so grateful to you, Desiree, and to you, Leela, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. <laughs>